0: Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. In just a moment, I'm going to open God's Word with you to Luke chapter 1. Although there will be some scripture on the screen, if you have a Bible with you, I would encourage you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 1. As it has already been said, today is Sanctity of Life Day when we are encouraged to look carefully at the sanctity of life and how the Lord said, I've come that people might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We recognize today and without Recognizing you public that we have many of you that are here today because uh, it is sanctity of life and you serve our Lord in the crisis pregnancy centers and you week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year make it possible for those that are carrying a child to see how special they have been blessed. And to encourage them to let that child be born. And thank God, many, many, many do. And we're so grateful. Many of you volunteer. Those of you that are paid are not paid much, except by the Father, which is the best thing you can receive. But I do would like for us to just, without uh, recognizing them by asking them to stand, they haven't given me permission to do that. But I just want you to say praise to the Lord and thank you to the many people in this service right now that spend their whole life trying to carry out what God's Word teaches by protecting the unborn. Would you just join me in saying thank you to them? I asked the group that came on Wednesday night to pray for me today. And I know that many of you have. I redid my message totally yesterday. I want so much for God to speak today to every one of us. I realize that there's all kinds of people that will see and hear this message. There are those that have never conceived a child, there are those that conceived a child and the baby died of natural causes in the womb, and you walk through that valley. Yes, I know there are some that have conceived children and chose to abort. There are those that are with child right now that will hear this message and don't even know it. You're yet to be told. I know there are those that have conceived and bore that child and even that child has had children and so forth. It doesn't matter what group you're in, and you could add some other categories, I'm sure. Let me tell you where we're all equal. God loves us unconditionally. God's amazing grace is sufficient. The thing that Satan does not want you to know is the truth. It's the truth that sets us free. It is hard to make a decision between right and wrong if we don't know right from wrong. It is very difficult when you live in a culture where the majority began to go in a particular way and unbeknowing to you, to you that way is contradicting to the Word of God but because of pressure that's put upon you by family, friends, acquaintances or the culture you choose to make a decision and then maybe find out later that was not a good decision. That's all things like that they come with grief sometimes anger bitterness and on and on today what I ask you to do is to understand that I am not speaking to you for you to agree with me I am speaking to you hoping that God will let you see clearly in his word when does life begin How sacred is human life? How is it that we have gotten to where we feel like there's all kinds of choices when the Bible says thou shalt and it says thou shalt not? God has said that whenever we make wrong decisions, he does not cease to love us, but we accept the consequences of that wrong decision and sometimes they are catastrophic. I want to read to you from Luke chapter 1 and I'm going to read several verses some will be on the screen I, I feel like I need to fill in a few here so that the story flows and I, and, and I can read it quicker and I can go back and retell it to you so just stand up open your Bible Luke chapter 1 we stand out of respect to the reading of the word I want us to stop and interrupt the life of Zacharias. Let me start reading with verse 11. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord. This is to Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear came upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he'll drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And I want you to skip over to verse 39. We're interrupting another story. And I'll fill in the blanks in just a moment. Enter a character, Mary. And Mary arose in those days. Mary, the mother of Jesus, arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste unto a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. That's Zacharias' wife. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation Sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. May God bless the reading of the word. And now may God bless that story and others to your life and to mine. Again, there's a lot of opinions. There are a lot of positions. Foolish is the person that looks for the correct political position horrible it is when a person tries to find out what everybody else thinks or what others think that are closest to them we cannot draw the line when does life begin if we draw the line then we could move the line we've never been given permission to draw the line as to when does life begin. God does that. And he does not change. It matters not. There's not one thing you can think of, imagine, or have ever known or talked about that can change the biblical position throughout all of Scripture of when life begins. There's several stories in the Bible. So many that it's impossible to... Even t- briefly talk about so many of them, but I pick three or four. First of all, I want to tell you about Rebecca. Rebecca, if you remember, had twins, Jacob and Esau. During her pregnancy, she felt turmoil in her womb. And in distress, she inquired of God. She was having a bad day twins in the womb. Genesis 25:23. Listen. And the Lord said to Rebekah, "Two nations are in your womb, two people shall be separated from your body." The terminology used in the Bible is far different from terms like pregnancy tissue, conception products, And all of these things that people want to use to try to confuse people as to what is and what isn't life. When you see the picture of a little baby 12 weeks in the womb I think we have one we could bring up for you here even while I'm speaking you can look at it it'll be up for a moment and they'll take it down. But you will notice how Life moves quickly from conception. And the body begins to form. And when we read from the scripture that even back in the book of Genesis, two nations, two people, two lives are in your womb. I have a plan for those two lives. They will lead two nations. And the story goes on and on and on. Those two boys... And Rebekah's womb would determine the population of two nations. There's another one familiar even to the young named Samson. Samson's story was heralded before his birth. He, it was heralded to those that were around. He had the long hair that went with the Nazarite valve. That hair was not to be cut. His mother had previously been barren, could not have a child, like unto Elizabeth, getting old in years, and so forth. But in Judges 13:4, we read these words: "Now therefore beware, I pray you, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing, for you shall conceive." and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. That was Samson. It's interesting. In the womb, the vow already began. It's interesting in all the stories in the Bible from the moment the babe was identified in the womb of the mother, they began to be treated as if They are very special, very unique, and have a purpose that God intends for that life. And of course, the clock keeps ticking. Now, a moment ago, I read the story of John the Baptist. The scripture says that John the Baptist was the greatest among those born of woman. I think there's some humor in the Bible. I don't think things have to be filthy and dirty to laugh, but I I read the Bible, and sometimes I just break out laughing. This is one of those cases. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine the father finding out that his wife is pregnant before she does. Think about that. Daddy goes to the doctor, comes home, tells his wife, you're pregnant. (laughs) Well, he didn't go to the doctor. An angel came. I used to know a Dr. Angel in Pasadena, come to think of it. He was uh, one of our doctors over there. But the angel comes and says to Zacharias, you're going to have a child. He's thinking, not my wife. Yes, his wife. And notice how it laid it out for John the Baptist, Luke 1:15, For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from the mother's womb. I don't know what you take of it. You can make another message out of it. He'll drink no wine or strong drink. God had a plan for him. He was going to move him beyond the culture. He was not going to be one of the boys. He was going to be special. He needed to be totally open to the Lord with nothing coming in his life that would keep him from being sensitive to the purpose. And God sent that one John the Baptist to come to prepare the way for this one called Jesus the promoters of abortion often talk about the fetus as a part of the woman's body and that it's just a part it's separate and it's like an appendix or a spleen or a kidney and if you want to remove it that's fine you can do so but when the angels spoke, they were not talking about those separate things. You are a mother. Elizabeth, Rebecca, Mary. And John responded in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, when visited by Mary six months later. Six months, she is pregnant. And here comes Mary to see her. Mary comes to see her. And as she comes to see her. Two. Mothers. Get to talking. Sharing their stories. Mary. Jesus came after John the Baptist six months later. So one is approximately six months pregnant. The other was coming and she has just conceived. She's just been told that the. The Messiah is in her womb and she has never known a man and so boy that's something for ladies to talk about when they get together over coffee but as they began to talk listen to that 41st verse again it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard Mary's story the baby leaped in her womb the baby leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to me, listen, that the mother of my Lord has come to me. Jesus had not been born. But Elizabeth was so moved by the fact that this mother, her friend Elizabeth, and her were together, and Elizabeth looked and said, as Mary told her, her story. A great religious experience took place between the two because both of them knew that which was in their body came as a result of a holy God for a very special purpose. Well, John spent his life pointing people to Jesus. You know... The story of the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. Now here's what I want you to note at this point in the message. When the babies were conceived, they had a purpose set aside by God. God created them. Not you or two of you. God created them. God created them for a purpose. That purpose he and he alone knows. But as he talks about in the scripture. Fathers turning their children uh, uh, back to God. And turning their families back to God. And we think today how far we've gotten away from that. How the fathers walk out. The fathers encourage the abortion. They, They do not understand that there is a purpose. Zacharias you your son that is to come have a purpose let me do what I want to do in your life and your family I read and listen as you do I have been informed through my reading that outside of biopsies abortions are the most common surgery in America today Over 98% of those abortions are elective not because of problems with the mother or whatever they're elective abortion has become the birth control of a nation and a people that have chosen to walk away from God now let me stop again does God still love them? you bet he does. What would happen if they were turned back and put a closure to their abortion? I have sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. I want to confess. I want to repent. God says, I'll forgive you and remember it no more. But as long as you get mad, as long as you try to get people to agree with you, you will carry the burden to your grave. But you can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You can go out of here today, a totally brand new person, you can be born again. That's freedom. But now look again. Sixty percent were told of the women did not use any form of birth control at the time of their conception. Abortion was going to be their birth control. That was what they would use to correct their mistake. Whether you plan it or not, whether you like it or not. Not only at conception is a child a child according to the Bible. Parents are parents. They are parents. Doesn't matter what paper you sign, you're the parent. You're the father. You're the mother. Don't let that be a burden on you. Let it be an opportunity for you to move into the next step of learning who God is and understanding God has a plan for the future of your life. Flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone. From the moment of conception, Jesus was divine. And from the moment of conception, according to the scripture, we are human. The means by which a single cell becomes a baby in nine months is the greatest miracle of medical science. It's the greatest mystery, I should say. There's no way that they can figure it. They haven't come anywhere close They have some clues but they know not the answer. But listen to what Ecclesiastes says. 11th chapter of Ecclesiastes verse 5. Why Solomon says as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb so you cannot understand the work of God the maker of all things. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God gave life. God created man. God put man here. But keep in mind, for a purpose. Not to just fill a void in the atmosphere, but for a purpose. When a woman conceives, that divine power begins to work in her body. To make something that is an eternal creation. That is created for a purpose. It may not be known to the family, and most of the time probably is not. How many times have we heard parents say, I just can't believe how that boy turned out? You know? I I just, I'd have never thought my daughter would have ever, fill in the blank. God says, I knew it. I knew it. Listen to what David says. When does life start? Listen to Psalmist David, 119th Psalm, verse 73. Your hands made me and formed me. He's talking to God. He said your hands made me and formed me. And and, and formed me. In Psalm 139, 13. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's what David said. Isaiah said in the 49th chapter. Fifth verse. The prophet Isaiah. The Lord has formed me from the womb. In Isaiah 53. He announced the coming of Jesus. Hundreds and hundreds of years in the future. But here, Isaiah said, the Lord formed me from the womb. Job, how many lives have been touched by Job? That one that was such a righteous man and then lost everything and then saw God come back and show him why that was allowed to happen. Job 31:15. he, capital H, who made me in the womb. Conclusion of all of this. The Bible says, God says, the Creator said that the moment of conception is the moment that life comes to an individual. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. The abortionist was asked Does God make mistakes? Abortionist says no, but people do, and they need a way to fix their mistakes. That's not the way to fix your mistake. The way to fix your mistake is to be born again. To trust God with your life. To let old things pass away and their sins be put as far as the east is from the west. Abortion is a sin, and so are a million other things. We do not put it greater than any, but we're talking about life today. We're talking about when, how can I make the right choice? I'm pro-choice, you say. I am pro-choice. Let's think about that just a moment. Let's talk about pro-choice before conception. Let, let's talk about things that happen before conception. Let's talk about things like what we take into our body. Like alcohol. Amen. Strong drink. Listen to me, folks. Listen to me. I was raised in a Christian home I've never tasted alcohol in my life I'm not bragging but I just want you to know I have no authority in my flesh to tell you what I'm telling you but I had a man walk up to me that I led to the Lord several years ago after about seven years of witnessing to him and he was a ladies man of Houston and here's what he told me He said, you've told me I've sat in the back row of the the HRA auditorium and I've listened to you preach a lot of times. And then when every time I take you out to dinner, we talk about it. He said, and I believed you and I want you to believe me because I want to tell you something. He said, you're looking at the number one ladies man in Houston. You can ask anybody. And he said, let me tell you something. If I can take any girl, any girl out to eat and get her to drink two cocktails, she is mine for the evening. You think about that. How many decisions are made after two drinks? I was sitting with my wife at a restaurant this past week. There's only three couples in this huge restaurant. It's a very quiet place. The couple came out. Obviously, they were not married. They came in. He sat her down. He was doing all this kind of stuff. They ordered him a bottle. I was thinking about this illustration. I watched. After the first drink, they got silly. After the second drink, they were touching each other and they were doing all this kind of thing. Well, we left. That's the end of the story. I don't know the rest of the story. (laughs) But as God said, yeah, I get it. Preacher, you need to get it. You need to witness this. Well, we've all done that. Psalm 100, verse 3 said, it is he who's made us and not we ourselves. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. Conception, sperm plus egg equals life. That was God's plan. Every life needed a father and a mother. Whenever we stop and we think, when does life begin? Let me ask you a question. When does adolescence begin? Let me ask you a question. When does middle life begin? Let me ask you another question. When does old, old age begin? <laughs> we know when life begins. Begins at conception. From the Bible. That's If we believe the Bible, we know. That's it. Throughout history. Christians have always insisted that regardless of when personhood occurs abortion at any stage of development is taking the life of an innocent child. Pro-choice. How about the way you dress? What does it mean? And how flattering is it to say to a young attractive woman you're hot? Now wait a minute, don't laugh. What does that mean? You see how we begin to move into this, who you date, where you're going to go. Where you going after the date. What are the plans? I mean, it goes on and on and on. Pro-choice, 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 pro-choice. As long as you, it's pro-choice. But when a baby is born, your choices are over. It's now the baby has been conceived. You must, you must understand. Now is a total different thing from, from the Bible standpoint. And the scripture says children are a heritage of the Lord. He created them. They're his creation. He says if you offend one of these little ones, it would be better if a stone was put around your neck and you were thrown into the bottom of the sea if you do it and you're proud that you do it and you and you plan to do it again and it bothers you not but if you stop and confess and repent and turn he watches it clean and he looks at you as if you had never sinned and then what God does is yet to be written God is at work in the womb of any mother That womb is a holy place. It is the place where only angels can trod. Only the Holy Spirit. I never, you know, the womb is where the, and conception, that's where the Holy Spirit comes. I don't hear of spirit-filled kidneys and bladders and appendixes and all that kind of stuff. But I read a lot about spirit-filled in the womb, babies. Lots of it. The legal documents of our country say all men are created equal. They're ordained by their Creator with certain unalienable rights and among these are life. Isn't it interesting the largest city in America yesterday according to one of our deacons that told me just a while ago has said that if you do not believe if you're pro-life you're not welcome to live in New York. Folks that's heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. Jeremiah gave us a warning about that kind of thing. The 18th chapter of Jeremiah, verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying... Now, this is the prophet Jeremiah, saying, O house of Israel, can I, cannot I do with you as the potter, says the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you're in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, to pull it down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought of doing unto them. And at that instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight and it obey not my voice, then I'll repent of the good wherewith I said, that I would bless them. You're not welcome in America if you believe in pro-life. You're not welcome in this country if you want to speak for the unborn. If you do not want to love God's little ones that he has said there is not one that has been conceived that I do not have a plan and a purpose for their life. And if you feel that way, you're not welcome in your country. What a tragedy that would be. When does a nation become irretrievably marred? I can tell you that from the Bible. When it does evil in God's sight and when it will not heed the prophetic warnings of the Scripture. He says, my spirit will not always strive with a man. It will not always strive with a nation. Psalm 106 speaks of a land That will come, that will be polluted with the blood of children who were killed by their parents for child sacrifices. Go read the 106th Psalm. Let me just give you a little bit of it. 37th through the 40th verse. They sacrificed their, their sons and their daughters unto devils. They shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works and went a whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. Now, let me close. I want to remind you God loves you and God loves me. What I say. Plus 50 cents will not buy you a cup of coffee anywhere I know. But what God says, you can count on it. Yeah. He never changes. He doesn't say, I'll forgive and not. He doesn't say, turn when you don't need to and you have a choice. I'm pro choice. Yes, you are. You don't have to. But whoever comes into me, he says, I will in no wise cast out. Yes. So we look. How long will we let? The unborn pay for the sins. Teenagers, adults, men, women, who have sinned against God in the lust of their flesh and refuse to acknowledge that it's broken the heart of God. How long can God tolerate that? That's what we have to deal with, folks. We have to stop and say, is God lying to me i told i had a parent and they always told me they are me but never did god's not that kind of god he said i'm the way and i'm the truth and i'm the life may god help us to repent and get involved in changing the direction that we're going this generation i'm praying will be used to change things Wouldn't it be something if our teenagers came up today and revival broke out in our teenagers and they began to look around and said, we're going to be the generation going to turn this around. I've seen teenagers bring revival to a city. Why can't they bring revival to a nation? Why can't they come out and be so saturated in the Word of God that they don't try to be like those that go before them? They don't try to be like the things of the world, but they say, we're going to change this and we're going to ask God back to take us and our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children, and turn this nation back to God. Amen. How would you advise a mother <clears throat> if you were a counselor who was pregnant with her fifth child? Her husband had syphilis, she had tuberculosis. There, first child was born blind their second child died at birth their third child was born deaf their fourth child had tuberculosis the mother is considering an abortion you're her counselor there's the history there's the medical records what would you advise her If you said yes, you would advise her to get an abortion, you would have just taken the life of the composer Ludwig van Beethoven. That's his history before his birth. God brought a man His music has been played by many a pregnant woman. Play into that baby. You can talk about science, they'll talk about playing classical music to the unborn. And how it affects and the peace that comes in the womb of the baby. Now you put that apart to some of the other music, and you see why some of them kind come, come out of the womb, you know, like this, you know. They never, they've never still a moment in their life. But now we're going to stop. But I want you to know this: one more time. God loves you. You can put a closure on this you can go out of here and get mad at me and that'll be perfectly okay you can get mad at God you can get mad at anybody you want to get mad at or you can just stop and say you know what I've been going down this road too many years the devil's not going to have one more day of my life I'm going to put it under the blood of Jesus and I'm going to walk as a free woman a free daddy or whatever your case may be for as long as I live that's your choice and the devil is saying, no, keep on doing what you're doing. Stay miserable as long as you live. Like you got 30 more years to live, so be miserable all 30 years. Or just stop and say, devil, I've had enough of you. Jesus, Holy Spirit, tell him, get out of here. I'm free. I'm free. Thanks to Calvary, I'm free. Christ, the Lord, is born. Emmanuel is his name. God with us. God with us we can bring revival if we'll start loving our babies and help God raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord God's got a plan a purpose maybe your grandchild that will discover the cure of cancer it may be your granddaughter That will move to the highest spot that a female has ever held in the world. It could be. I don't know. But you know what? If they'll just turn out and be servants of God, wouldn't it be wonderful? It doesn't matter how high in man's eyes or how common. God just wants us to serve him. But it starts with us getting free. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Now, this is a moment when you can be set free. This is a moment. If I'm talking to a dear lady and you had abortion years ago and it's been you're still carrying that guilt. Please, please hear me. Just confess it to God. You don't have to go tell anybody, but confess it to God. Acknowledge it. Ask his forgiveness with a promise and I'm repenting and I am going to treat Life far different than I ever have. If you're carrying a child and you know that you are, give that child to God right now. Give it to God. If God chooses to take it before birth comes, so be it. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But don't you take it. If you're here today and you're struggling with all the pressures of what you're doing, just just right on the border like the lady that got drunk and stepped out on the ledge of the ship this week and the movie's shown over and over again and she fell off the cruise ship stopped the ship for two hours to try to rescue her and now she's sued the cruise ship that's our world get off of that roller coaster and say God I'm just going to trust you unconditionally I am going to get rid of these things I don't want to be seductive I don't want to be suggestive i don't want to see how close i can come without going all the way i'm going to be more careful no be more holy the more holy you are the more happy you will be because god has set you free we're going to sing one song one verse one song we're going to invite any of you that like to pray with someone to go to our connection center that's the big room just this side of Jesus washing Peter's feet go out in the big foyer but just as you walk out this door here to my right turn left if you walk out this door turn right if you go out these side doors go around come into that room there'll be people there to pray with you you don't have to tell them your life story but maybe you want to be born again today maybe you'd like to join this church where we can surround you with continued Bible teaching Great women's ministry. Great men's ministry. Many great Bible studies. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, all during the week. Let us come alongside you. But the choice is up to you. We'd love to have you as a member of Sage Mott, if that's what God wants. But most important, we want you to know God. He loves you. He loves you. Unconditionally, He loves you. Amazing grace. God saved. We're going to sing, just as I am without one plea, but that the blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. As Brother Bill leads us, would you stand? And if you would like to leave early to go to that room, fine. Otherwise, please do not move. Please do not move unless you're going to the Connection Center. Stop in the aisle, stop wherever you are, and do not block people from coming to Jesus right now, would you? Let's sing. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.